Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we are concluding our Anyone Can Wear the Mask adventure. If you enjoyed this session, be sure to check out Anyone Can Wear the Mask over on Jeff's itch.io page. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. And I think the reason is because her goal, her goal was to get him to leave Curie City, mm-hmm. was to get him to, to get him to abandon his, abandon his plan. Yeah. He knew that. He saw the future in which that unfolded. He made the moves to put himself in that position. And now she cannot undo that because there's a time loop in place. She can't activate another time loop until he abandons his plan. Which means that really, she can't do anything to stop him. Her powers are nullified because she's in a time loop. She she is she cannot activate her powers until he abandons his plan. So in his mind, and Granted, and part of the nature of this game and the nature of superhero narratives is eventually, eventually she will get to get to undo this. Yeah. Actually, even better, I'm going to say she can't. And here's why. I've got a great pitch for a downfall. Okay. He proceeds to activate this grand plan. Things go wrong all over the city. People who have been given these illicit powers go on a rampage there are robberies there are you know revenge killings there's all sorts of superhero stuff that happens she -hmm. cannot stop all of it no matter how many runs she goes through there's a run which is particularly damaging and what happens is in the peak of that in the peak of this as these are all unfolding and she is you know bane batman style like at her wits end trying to stop it all he comes onto tv and goes everyone i would like to admit that i'm abandoning my plans to write my series of novels i give up I cannot continue this path. I I abandon my plans and I'm going to leave town. And then like quietly like turns off and he just like puts his hands up and he's like and there and that is the close of the loop. Yeah. And like Ooh. all the damage that has been done cannot be undone because her objective was met and he he saw enough into the future to learn that process and was able to like work that out. Oh, that's good. So now she's got a sore shoulder. She lost someone that she knew mm-hmm. could have helped the city. And even though, like, through a master stroke, through working, you know, playing her four-dimensional chess, forced a villain away from a particular path, it still played right into his hands. She is at, yep. she is, I believe, we are at a, we're, this is Puck's No More territory. Yeah. Yep, this is this is the moment where she feels like she has to walk away, which is the downfall. That is the downfall moment. So what's going to happen is we're going to answer some questions and we're going to follow through the process of the downfall. Mm-hmm. First off is some questions for me. What piece of Pucks most scares her and how is that amplified in Nostradamus? Well, I mean, she has seen the work that she has to go through to right wrongs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea that there is a person who can see the future and guide it to its worst ends. Like she knows 
how hard it is to do something good mm-hmm. and how easy it is to make something go wrong, to do yeah. something bad. I love it. And that is amplified in the villain by way of he is willing to do that same level of work to cause harm for his own benefit. Yeah. It is It is that level of profit over everything. And it is that level of willing to being willing to put in that much effort to undermine her and to cause all of this pain and suffering and destruction because he knows it will benefit him because he is now the person that publicly stepped down and said like, I can't do this anymore. I can't continue to ethically operate, which means that he is a media darling. He is, he is now the Norman Osborn talking head political figure to talk about the tragedy that has unfolded in Curie city. And like, he has just merely like repositioned himself as a very different media figure. Yeah. He's, he's somehow more powerful than ever. And I think another terrifying aspect of this, like the people that she knows who have had this power are herself and Uncle Bill. Mm-hmm. And in both those cases, like the ability to go through time multiple times, to have that perspective about knowing what is going to happen and being in the position to do something about it that has led to that person being a better person. Mm-hmm this person is a worse person yeah that is terrifying there there's there's the possibility that given infinite time a person or or given infinite perspective a person will just make themselves worse yeah it's 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 terrifying uh the next question is what weakness are you afraid will be discovered and how does the villain wield it i think we've already covered that so i'm gonna go to the next question these these are questions for that are relevant to the city Mm -hmm. um what part of the hero most scares you and how is the villain the worst version of that I mean, I think probably the the thing that is most scary about the hero to people who, you know, understand that power set is is the thing that you mentioned at the beginning when we were establishing them is there are points where to understand a problem or whatnot, people are almost not treated as real and valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they gotta let someone die so you can figure out how to save them. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know you have to perform the calculation of i can save this person i cannot save this person yeah. I, I think people are afraid of of being judged in that way and i i think in in the villain is nostradamus knows what happens in the future and, and- chooses not to do anything about it yeah exactly or or chooses to do the worst thing chooses Mm -hmm. to put himself in the most advantageous position that profits from all that terrible stuff and so what is your biggest fear for the city and how does the villain embody that i think the biggest fear for the city sort of is at the center of this conflict between downtown and science city in that there is a version of the future. There is a version of the future with all of the beautiful super science marvels where we invest in other people and community and we make something rare and beautiful together. Mm -hmm. And there is a version of the city that creates towers of glass that loom large over people and keep those towers in place no matter how many people they hurt. Yeah. And so we have two, three questions for the the city or for the villain. What power do you crave and how are you going to seize it? He wants profit. Nostradamus wants profit over everything, simply wants to be wants to be so rich that he inoculates himself from any consequences. And he has been actively like causing harm and suffering to position himself so that he can capitalize on it. 
And now that now that his plans to be like an award winning author have been ruined, he's like, well, then I'm just going to segue into politics and I'm going to do it that way. Um, yeah. What, what insurmountable odds does the hero have to overcome to defeat you? How do you stop the person that how do you stop the person that knows every move you're going to make? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the issues here mm-hmm. is that Nostradamus Nostradamus has seen the future and knows there aren't going to be any consequences. Yeah. That's the thing. How can you change someone's heart if they know they're never going to suffer or or mm-hmm. be worse off for it and the alternative is them doing the right thing even though that's difficult. Yeah. Pucks can like talk to any person and have that conversation an infinite number of times and and change their heart and and that's what she does a lot of the mm-hmm. time. But this is one situation where you can't do that so somehow some way you have to be able to get through to the person who believes he doesn't live with any consequences Mm -hmm. and all he needs to do this is a randian objectivist in the form of nostradamus this is a terrifying terrifying person i hate i hate them but i love it as a concept which brings us to our last question which i have a very good pitch for Mm -hmm. The last question is, what hidden weakness do you hope the hero never finds? I think this is a person who Nostradamus is a person who is a a coward, I think is the Mm -hmm. easiest way to describe it. If he sees the future and he does not win, he will quit outright. He is not someone that will like if he cannot find to rearrange things and position himself so that he wins. He's like, I don't, I'm not I'm not going through that. I will simply like abandon my plans outright. If you can put him into even close to checkmate he's he's too cowardly and too afraid of actually facing that failure and those consequences to begin to like try and like he will not take that l he will surrender before he gets to that point but you have to get him to the point where he thinks he's going to take the l yeah yeah. it's that profound cowardice of like of like i'm not going to suffer a loss if i have to walk out with my head held high i will do that but i will not take the loss dang Okay. All right. That's good. All right. And so I have a few prompts for the two of us. First off, you and I, City and Hero, have to take a moment of silence to mourn our losses because we have suffered pretty badly. Then what is going to happen is the villain is I'm going to ask you, since you have the deck of cards. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a renown of, I think, one or two. No, I have a renown of one. Flip the top card off of the deck and cast it aside. That was the Queen of Hearts. The city has taken damages. And those damages, there's a mechanic for if we ever run out of cards in the deck. Mm -hmm. The, The only time we can technically do it is during the downfall. But there is a mechanic if we run out of cards. And what happens here is we, and when that happens, we would reshuffle the deck. But those cards that are destroyed in that way never come back. That card that we that we threw away is gone forever. Like that card is out of play. Those represent damages to the city that can never recover. That's a bummer. I'm going to ask you as the city for something very important. There is one more Joker. Mm -hmm. That Joker represents the uprising, represents the hero coming back. I need you to take that Joker in your hand and I need you to tell me, tell the hero, tell Pucks what it means for them to come back. Curie City needs to tell Pucks why they believe in pucks and like they need to convince pucks to 
take that joker and shuffle it into the deck and commit to their their uprising okay okay so we have pucks post this loss the hero no more moment is called groundhog goes underground yes i just need that noted well well uh or or probably puck sees her shadow is puck sees her shadow is very good yeah yeah actually that now that i'm thinking about that and the way you set up those themes the dynamic that works between hero and villain uh, that works even better i think we're at a point where pucks is seeing a lot of the benefits of not engaging with her powers you know Mm. something bad happens but she like many people looks away Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to see the train crash. I don't want to see people sliding across the glass street and crashing into things. And I have the power to not see it because I have the knowledge in my heart. This is very different than the Peter Parker power responsibility dynamic where Peter Parker has to learn to use his power. There is an essential thing about Puck's character is I have to learn when not to use my power. Yeah. And she thinks she's finally figured out that lesson, you know? Mm-hmm. I think she she is going around and generally living an okay life, but her friends in science city can tell that there is something wrong i don't know if people know or even how many people would know that max is pucks Mm -hmm. but like there is something off and i i think the thing that happens is they decide okay you know, I have been I have been friends with this person for a long time. This person has been close with me for a long time. I know how much this has always weighed on her. We can step in and fill that gap. Mm. You know, Pucks doesn't look at the the train that is skidding off the tracks or whatever. So Pucks never sees the person who has the ability to create spider webs save mm-hmm. that train from skidding off those tracks. Pucks doesn't see a person with use that new laser eye power that has been mm-hmm. going around to etch some texture onto the glass streets and prevent people from skidding around all the goddamn time there's a scene where one of the like there's some corporate espionage happening and like they're downloading files downloading files and then suddenly the computer just goes blank and it just like a little frown a little like smiley face winks and it's like (laughs) the computer virus (laughs) the living computer virus (laughs) i think this sort of goes on and people sort of step into Puck's place until Puck's is is saved herself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I know there's a mechanical thing to this, but I do kind of think it is our small Muppet character. Mm-hmm. What was his name? This this Muppet uh, Chance athlete? Discus. Chance Discus. Chance Discus, who can use his new Muppet body to fold himself into a Frisbee-like device, Mm -hmm. sails through the air, knocks Pucks out of the way of uh, some impending harm. I have a really specific pitch, and a pitch and a follow-up to that, if I may. Please, please. So what happens is, because there's a specific moment of togetherness that Pucks pieces it together, where 
Hux is out by herself one night and just wandering and like just walking, doesn't really see where she ends up until she looks out on the water and there is a fan boat rigged with explosives that is barreling <laughs> towards her <laughs> as the water worlders are going to get their final vengeance on her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't, she's like, she's, she's panicking. And she, she just, she's like, if I use my, I can't use my powers. I can't do this. This just has to be it. And for a moment she closes her eyes and that's when a Frisbee hits her in the side of the head and throws mm-hmm. her into the water where the frog woman from earlier grabs her and swims her to like an underwater like air bubble area where the where the man frog gang has been hanging or the frog man gang has been hanging out like their underwater base hanging out with the man frog gang with the they man have frogs. since they... made peace and they made peace because because pucks like they were like the, the frog the frogman gang was doing something illegal and pucks could have like gotten involved with that and chose not to and so the peace between the frogmen and the man frogs was parked because pucks gave us a chance when she didn't have to yes jeff that is a thought that i had when we were first describing that dynamic i was trying to think of like why in a city like this where you've got a hero who's so defined by compassion and that like that compassion is is moving throughout the city it has to be people are doing this illegal thing or, or, or these bad negative things because they believe yes i've seen heroism i've seen compassion i've seen all that but that's something for other people pucks would never do that for me yeah i'm bad fundamentally i'm a man frog or a frog man but no in showing compassion and it's it's not it's part it's part chance putting himself in danger and it's part these two factions forming a piece because Pucks gave us a chance. We should give each other a chance. And realizing they've actually got a lot in common. They both <laughs> love being underwater and doing crimes. Those are a lot of common ground for people to bond on. A lot of love of harpoon guns. They really bond over the latest harpoon gun technology. And it's this moment of like seeing seeing the impact that she's had, not by virtue of using her time loops, but by virtue of being someone who is there for people that need someone to be there for that yeah like the clear thing here is i I think the lesson that she is learning is that her powers and the effects of them don't stop at the time loop Mm mm-hmm the and oh this ties into the bullet wound here's yep. here's where it's coming from it doesn't stop at the time loop like uncle bill said you carry through those positive things with you mm-hmm. you build up that muscle memory pucks does that not just for herself but for the city so when she stepped away there were people who had the ability and the will to mm-hmm. step up and help when she could not. Yeah. So you can we they they can keep doing this. You don't actually have to use your power again, but you could and you could do it with us. I love that. And I I I love that so so much. I adore that. And I think with that I am going to Take that. I, w- I would take that Joker and I'm going to shuffle that into the deck. And I and, and now we 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 go back into our game. Uh, we have our small deck of remaining cards. 
that we cycle through because Pux is back on the scene. And with that, somewhere in that deck of cards is another Joker, and that is going to be our uprising. That is going to be us defeating Nostradamus. The major change in narration is every time we introduce a location, we describe how the city is hurting. We describe how Nostradamus's actions have may brought the city to its lowest. But for now, we flip a card uh, and we, 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 we continue to be a hero until time comes for our uprising. This is our what's up danger montage phase of the game where we do cool things until it's time to confront the bad guys. Perfect. And the first thing that happens is the nine of clubs. All right. So we are downtown. If I may throw out a place, I know that we're that we've got our roles, but like something that I love, I love, I love that the first place we drew is downtown because I love the idea that the first thing that has happened is like I used Shadowrun as a reference point before, but I think it has like at that 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 feel has escalated where like the corporations have gotten larger mm -hmm. and like there's war in the streets between like corporate saboteurs, like that very cyberpunk war mentality has like fully escalated into a hot conflict mm -hmm. of there are now cyberpunk wars in the street. There are shadow runs unfolding because the corporations are like, who's going to stop us? We have, we have, we have councilman lurker in our pockets and we have Nostradamus. <laughs> who's going to stop us? James, what's, what is, what is the, the dangerous scene that pucks is coming upon here? I think there is a company that, has uh, because there's something about the nine of clubs i want this to happen in a nightclub mm -hmm. and the idea is there is a nightclub in the city that is supposed to be the most decadent experience an algorithm can produce for you mm. they collect your personal information across social media and other sources and they have on file what bespoke would be the most decadent experience that also maximizes their ability to profit from you. And they can engineer and they keep a that night. data long term. For, oh right? yes absolutely absolutely well like i mean the thing is people people come in there and they can actually the algorithm is living they learn how to push mm -hmm. the boundary people's boundaries once they are within that space and they yep. sell that data back to the advertisers they got that data from i love it so this is like a a miserable exponential capitalist pit trap nightmare mm -hmm. but I, I, I think the thing that is going wrong that is going wrong is that wrong, this thing exists. Yeah. Well, th th this thing exists at all is bad, but temporarily, some, there's a glitch in the code where it is now producing the worst nightmare an algorithm can produce. So I love it. I love it a lot. I have a point of inspiration that I'm going to use here because otherwise I'd roll one dice, but I'm going to roll 2d6 and take the higher result here. Mm hmm. That is a five. Excellent. I decisively save the day. And in line with the change that we have seen in Pucks, I know exactly how we do it. Pucks arrives and is put through an algorithmic nightmare. Mm -hmm. Does does a series of runs to like escape that the algorithmic nightmare being where like everyone in the city turns their back on her and she just like all of her connections are severed. And what pushes her through that is she has lived through the reality where the opposite has happened, where when she was at her lowest, people helped out. Luckily, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record and coming back to this yet again, the, the pucks that, that we now see is someone who can turn to her friends and go, hey, my friend, 
who is a living computer virus. Yeah. I need someone <laughs> to waiting. undo this. I need someone to undo this evil algorithm. And like together it I hear in in meta publishing terms. Mm -hmm. This is a point in the comic where it has stopped being a solo run and turned into like a Marvel team up situation. Yes. And like, so this is the issue where she teams up with the virus and it like engages in a tech battle. It engages yes. in a tech battle with this evil algorithm and like shuts it down. And there's all sorts of weird computer graphic type things. It's very good. And like the together, they managed to like shut down this algorithm and also in the process, like wipe all of the data that it has accrued so that like it is as if it never existed mm-hmm mm-hmm hell yeah let's flip another card all right that is a four of diamonds all right we are now in quantum park hey heroes it's james your game master and welcome to the mid-roll Heroes, we're nearing the end of January, which means February and Valentine's Day is coming up soon. And the only reason I mentioned Valentine's Day is we are once again reviving the tradition of, of campaign Valentines. And because I missed sending out our New Year's card this year, I would love to send our listeners a Valentine. So if you are at the $15 plus level over on the OneShot Patreon, be sure that your address is up to date in the system. Otherwise, it will be impossible to send you a card. And that means if you've been waiting on the OneShot Patreon, now is a great time to jump in. Just head over to patreon.com slash OneShot Podcast and sign up to support us. All that money goes back into the shows and creators that you listen to on the network and help make shows like this. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon already and everyone who's going to join up in the future. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. I want you to describe the place because I have a specific danger in mind for this. Where are we in Quantum Park? We are at the reverse gravity waterfall. Or no, no, it's a gravity geyser. It's a gravity geyser that very much old faithful style will reverse gravity to a certain degree and then gravity will normalize. And it does this in very regular intervals. So there are people who gather and put stuff to watch it go up in the air and then smash to the ground i love it because that fits perfectly with what i want to throw out which is we are at one of these gatherings everybody's kind of gathered their stuff and they put it up and they watch and like it goes high enough that it kind of goes out of sight like it goes into the clouds mm -hmm. and they watch and suddenly there are more dots coming down than there were before and as they're watching it's very red dawn where like it is it is paratroopers are landing because some <laughs> some organization has uh we're gonna say a themed gang mm -hmm. and this themed gang is give me a themed gang jameson okay i am looking around my room and i see that apparently there is a mork and mindy board game that is to the left of me which i think this is a themed gang of like classic sitcoms Mm. So there are like, there's someone from the Honeymooners is yeah. here. Someone from. You've got Greg Brady. You've got, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've got, you've got a welcome back Cotter. You got all Alf of these sitcom figures. Yep. yep. All of these sitcom figures are falling. 
because they have been like hired as mercenaries by another or corporation that is just like we're gonna plunder quantum park like no one's gonna stop us they have lifted their regulations about like protecting this park councilman lurker finally <laughs> strikes again <laughs> they're just they are launching a formal raid on this to just like grab some of this rare and wonderful stuff from this protected place and they are landing with 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 gut with laser guns that have been provided by this corporation yep and i am here to stop them i think like again we see the worst case where they they go and they like grab a t-rex and they drag it into they drag it over to the geyser and fly off and we watch and we rewind it and now Pux is on the scene using her powers and like using her powers and surveying the situation. And I'm going to roll my 2d6. That is a one and a six. That's a great, that's a great dice roll. Yeah. And again, I think what happens is it is a team up comic. Discus and I team up, Discus and Pux team up and there it's like just a big slapdash fight scene. And I think we see like it rewind again and again where Alf turns a flamethrower on Discus and the fire tears towards Discus and then it rewinds and Alf turns the the flamethrower and like the the fuel line has been disconnected because Pucks was in the right spot to save her friend. And mm -hmm. we watch this go again and again. And it's just all very it, it, it ultimately goes off without a hitch. I get a point of inspiration and the city is again saved. Love it. Love it. Next scene is a three of diamonds which I think might turn this into a double issue. This does turn into a double issue because, oh, what happens is now there's a T-Rex on the loose, right? Like, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> saved the T-Rex, but it is, it is now loose. <laughs> and so I feel like that is it. And, and this is where we get to see all of the different things in quantum park we see the infinitesimal jungle gym we see the mm -hmm. we see the 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 self the the self-multiplying rock mountain like we see all of these things unfolding as as chance and i are just barreling through this park together as, yep. and trying to like get people out of the way of this t-rex it's not even that we're trying to like stop it it's that eventually it's going to get tired we just have to make sure no one gets hurt mm-hmm that's a four and a six. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I think that we ultimately befriend the T-Rex. I feel like yeah. this is the only way that this goes. Oh, man. Oh, man. What if the, like, electric fence, the waves from the electric fence had somehow been preventing the T-Rex from developing sapience and it gets smarter as they are mm -hmm. chasing it until, you know, very, very puck style realizes, oh, that's a thinking creature. I can be friends with them. I love that. I adore that. And I, I, I think the ultimate, I think the last panels that we see is Chance dusting himself off and kind of looks at Puck and is like, you knew that was going to happen. Puck's kind of gives like a knowing shrug and a wink and is like, I got, I got places I got to be. I'll see, I'll see it. I'll see you at the apartment mixer on Friday. And it's up in the air of like, did Pucks, did Pucks go through runs until they found that solution? Who's to say? Yeah. Oof, oh, man, I, I love it as a reader, as a reader of Pucks comics. Like you mm -hmm. don't know if, if she's just getting it on the first try because she's yeah. got so much experience or if this is like the hundredth run. Oh, very good. And I love it. Uh, Jeff, I do have to correct one small thing. She clearly says, I'll see you another time. Yep, there it is. 
There mm -hmm. it is. Thank you. All right, give us our next card. <laughs> our next card is a two of hearts. All right, we're back home. This is... Do you have a location that you want this to unfold in? This is in Science City. Yeah, this is... Is there a scenario that is attached to this, or is this just a this problem? Is a, uh, uh, this is a hero threat moment. So some, threat something moment. is going to be put in danger. I kind of think that Nostradamus is targeting Pucks where she lives. Ooh. He's going after Max. I think a shell corporation controlled by Nostradamus has like taken control of her apartment building. I, I, I There's a great danger there that for Pucks, readers of Pucks comics, this is the die hard or the raid pastiche, right? Like this oh, is Oh shit. This is like the dim like they have they have taken control of the apartment. She is getting home after a long day and realizes that her apartment is like being held by, you know, armed guards at the behest of Nostradamus who has deduced her identity. And mm -hmm. like this is the ultimate moment of I have to stop. Like, I have to save the people that I care about. This is the first solo Puck story we've had in a while because, like, everyone is held hostage. Like, this is this is the moment when Puck's, like, has to re-own her place as, like, a hero who is willing to, to fight and not just, like, befriend, but, like, to actively save the people that she cares about. Like, yeah. this is her pushed in. This is her pushed into a corner and fighting back. And I'm rolling my dice. Oh, that's a one, five, and six. Oh, that's wonderful. Like the, I'm, I'm appreciating the the quality of the dice rolls that we're getting in this part of the game, because mm -hmm. I think what happens is I feel like it. I, I, I don't even want to describe anything specific aside from saying Die Hard, but in a time loop, is yeah. the dopest thing imaginable. <laughs> I we really do need this movie. This is a good movie. This is this is better than the Edge of Tomorrow movie. Yeah. Jeff, I, I need to make another proposal about yeah. the way these die rolls work specifically for pucks is that the issues that we're reading show us all of those scenarios. Oh, oh they show us all of the die rolls. I love so we, that. So we see we see one and we see the five run and you go, that must be it. But no, mm -hmm. pucks can dig a little deeper. I love pucks that. Pucks can and do we, the six run. And we, yeah, we see her lose people. We see, which, which I love last, which tells me that going back to the previous issue means that we see like she watches Chance get murdered by the T-Rex. Like, and at that moment, <sighs> the T-Rex like says something and is like, all I wanted was to feed and like yeah. walks off Chance's body in its mouth. And she's like, it could talk wait if it can talk and then she rewinds and befriends the t-rex so mm -hmm. here we see her her fighting and her losing and her getting shot up and people that she cares about getting beaten and she's like no rewind and does it again and again until she's able to like save everyone with a level of control over her powers that maybe she's like never exerted before yeah yeah oh i think uncle bill is caught up in this particular mm -hmm. scenario that's gotta be what it is i love it i mean maybe he's the last room like the last room the last person they've caught hostage he's like in her apartment is uncle bill and they've got guns pointed at him and in the first run in the five run 
or maybe the, maybe the one run is the second one because like she she thinks she can push harder. She she pushes a little oh. harder. She gets to her apartment and she re- and and like the first run she doesn't get to her apartment. She like she bypasses it and like does fine. But it but but somebody mentions something about like her apartment and she's like, "Wait, what did you do?" She goes back. Then she's in the apartment. They've got guns pointed at beloved Hollywood actor Bill Murray. <laughs> and she's like she she tries to intervene and he starts to like say something and it's a it's it's a bloodbath rewind she takes that moment of hesitation and he says the thing about time loops that audiences never really appreciated and this is when we find out that hollywood actor bill murray has been in a groundhog day style time loop <laughs> ever since 19 19- <laughs> ever since before the filming of the movie Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like sip and like were they that is the team up is is Bill Murray and Bucks as the two of them are in a time loop together, and they save the day together. Oh, good, good, <laughs> and Perfect. that is our six. And right after that, we pull the second Joker, baby. Perfect. I love it. She is fully in control of her powers. She has made peace with the people in her life. She has finally learned the lessons that Uncle Bill wanted to teach her all along. And like, we're finally ready to take down Nostradamus once and for all. So here's how the uprising works. Beat by beat. It has all come like it. This is this is the moment. The first thing that's going to happen. And James, I'm going to throw this over to you. Mm -hmm. We'll do this. We're going to we're going to we're going to do this together. What is Nostradamus's seat of power now that he's at the height of his glory? Like what? What has, what is he, what has he achieved now that he's at the height of his power? So he can't return to the city. That's kind of what, Mm -hmm. that that was like part of the logic that was breaking that time loop, but he's still trying to control the city. Yeah. So I think the seat of his power is, (laughs) I think he is, in a Mr. Burns style sun blocking machine <laughs> that casts a shadow on Science City. I need to I need to throw something else out there. I'm going to take the reins here as the villain for a moment because uh, mm-hmm. the villain gets to cut a wrestling promo. And I, I, I would love that more than oh, anything. please do. Please do. Because the, the villain is uh, we've described the villain seat of power. The detail that I want to throw out is, of course, of course, Nostradamus is not alone in the sun blocking in the sun blocking space like vessel. Of mm-hmm. course, Councilman Lurker is standing beside him. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what happens is the villain describes the odds, how the hero failed. They describe the power that they're after, the power that they have. They note how often the hero has failed. They name the people they couldn't save and they ask the hero why they can change things now. So we see all of this, right? Like Pucks finally has gotten, has figured out where this, 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 this station is that has this sunblocker in place. Pucks has figured out that this is the time when, when Lurker and Nostradamus are going to meet and she's there to confront them. And Nostradamus, like, uh, I think Lurker starts to like, mon- like villain monologue and, and, Nostradamus just like puts up a hand is like nobody wants to hear you speak no one (laughs) this is not your moment this is the moment where I teach a lesson to the person that thinks that because they can rewrite time a little bit that they can somehow fix things I'll tell you who can fix things 
I can fix things because the world is broken and the world needs someone to control it. And that someone is me. I can see everything. And I can tell you one simple thing. There is no one on this planet. No, no pucks, no beloved Hollywood actor, Bill Murray. No one can exert the kind of power that I can. I have a vision that will shape this world. And if you think that you are, you can do any better, I would point you to Marcus Chan. I would point you to all of those people that you let die. I would point you to any of the times when you weren't good enough. All of those times you tried to stop me and I was better than you because I will always be better than you. And now, now, now is your turn as the city to tell the hero what they need to hear. Tell them the people they did save. Tell them how they made this world a better place. What emotional moment does the hero need to feel to step up and save the day? Okay. Okay. I have been trying to think through how this goes down. Because we've already established that the people that Max is closest to in her life have already started stepping up and helping out where they can the adventure that we just went on we revealed finally that uncle bill beloved hollywood actor bill murray has understands what max goes through on a personal level and has adopted a style of taking advantage of time loops that helps people in a different way Mm -hmm. i think there's a reason that Pucks has not tried to break through to Councilman Lurker before. This mm-hmm. is just, this seems like an irredeemable person who's like, his, he put, based his entire political career on the idea <laughs> that criminals need a place to lurk. <laughs> to do crimes. To do crimes. I kind of think the thing that she realizes is that maybe you can't save someone like Nostradamus. You can't save someone that has seen all of the possibilities and potential futures of the world and chosen the bad ones. Mm -hmm. But you can save the people who think they don't deserve to be saved. Mm -hmm. And that person is city councilman lurker. I love that. That's very good. And so the way that Puck saves the day is I think it's not through I think it is not through friendship for once. Like I think this is a moment where Puck's like saves the day with her words, but it's not words of friendship because I think that she honestly like thinks about it and is like I can't befriend you. You're a you're a monster. But she appeals, she does the one thing that I think Nostradamus could not there's there's a future that Nostradamus saw there's Mm -hmm. one possibility that involved his failure that he did not think was likely enough to unfold and in the grand nature of of time narratives it's of course the one that happens and it is the one there are a million timelines and I think this issue we see it all from Nostradamus's perspective where we see all of the possibilities we see Pucks try to appeal to Nostradamus and he just kills her outright. We see the possibility where she tries to appeal to Lurker for a redemption and Lurker laughs her off and is like, no, I I will. I'm, I, I, I believe in crime. Why would I? I'm and a like, perverted little weirdo. <laughs> yeah, she 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 see, he sees that time. He sees all of these timelines and there's one that he just did not 
think was going to happen. He was like, this is too unlikely. It is the pos the, the timeline where she presents Lurker with the most scumbag opportunistic argument possible, which is I can't stop Nostradamus. But if you stop Nostradamus, well, then everyone thinks you're the hero. <laughs> like if you stop Nostradamus, you are the you are the ultimate villain. Nostradamus has bested everyone. And if you best Nostradamus, you will be the true lord of all crime. Yes, yes, that's it. She's appealing to his worst. That's the thing. Nostradamus has been counting on Councilman Lurkers being his worst self. Mm -hmm. But what, what Puck saw in Councilman Lurker is that there's an even worse <laughs> person in there, and that person betrays his only ally. It betrays his only ally. And in the nature of... In the nature of, you know, Nostradamus, you have to compete with someone that can see all the possibilities. Lurker is nothing if not short-sighted. So the second <laughs> that this unfolds, like Lurker shoves Nostradamus out of the out of the sun machine and he falls to his death. And it's like it's like he can't he doesn't have time loops. He can see the future. But so he spends the whole time dropping knowing. Oh yeah, there's nothing. This is it. Like it's over. I'm falling to my death. Oh. And Lurker, she's like, "I'm just gonna stop you. Like I'm just going to beat you." And he's like, "Well, you can't beat me. I'm Councilman Lurker." But the secret is, the secret is, do you know what a really, really unexpected uh, time loop benefit is? You are phenomenal in live televised debates. Oh yes. So she runs for city council. City councilman Murray undoes the harmful legislation passed by councilman Lurker and bests him in that field, saving the day for everyone. <laughs> and now we have three final questions to end our game mm -hmm. until next time. First question is for you, the city. Describe how the city recovers from the villain's actions. Describe how the hero's influence makes the city a better place and how their legacy is carried on in the hearts of the people. So I, I think the thing that Nostradamus was doing is creating this kind of pressure cooker, awful environment, generated profit by any means necessary, mm -hmm. and had that profit flow back to him. Mm -hmm. So... I, I, I kind of think like it, it's the longest view possible, but only revolving around one person. So all of these problems happened and they were weird problems. And then you've got people like Councilman Lurker who were creating specific scenarios for other people to do short-sighted actions mm -hmm. and whatnot. I think it is a difference that doesn't feel terribly dramatic at first because it is well, what is the difference between people acting short-sightedly versus people acting in a way where they're thinking about the consequences of their actions? It's it's not flipping a switch. It is a slow change that is like, well, you know, this the park is expanding. It's it's going to now it's starting to hit apartment buildings. How do we fold that into like a good living mm -hmm. space for people yeah so the city just looks a little bit different but it's because people 
are starting to kind of think the way a person who has who has experienced time loop powers would think and like what is the long chain of consequences of my different actions going to be i love that the villain describes how the city mourns it's lost and the shadow still cast by the villain mm -hmm. i think i think councilman murray has a very long road ahead of her because there were a lot of infrastructure put into place to empower these giant corporations to like harm people and to cause harm for short-sighted gains like that that road of undoing that that is the shadow that nostradamus cast is that a lot of these power structures are built to be un to be unbreakable right they are built to be monolithic and she has to kind of set about to be the the voice of change because for a long time with councilman lurker in their back pocket like they had a lot of protections put against put in place against them that like they're pretty well protected and she has to undo that. Yeah. Even if you decide to repave the glass street, someone has to pay for it. And yeah. that's expensive. Exactly. Like and, you know, and I think I think the way that the city mourns its loss is as she is fighting these much larger, longer, uglier battles, the thing that she can get short term gains in is she can empower social programs and build like support for for in the same way that 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 roy ran that that support group for people who had been turned into muppets it's it's okay i can give money to roy's support group and let them like actively build a support network i can i can yeah. you know formally fund these unlimited frisbee teams like i and, and create a space for people to have after school activities like these are things that are that are not not fully dismantling these these well-protected businesses but they are social changes that help people achieve a level of, of comfort and support and helps the city kind of care for the people that they lost or the people that were changed along the way. And in what ways is the shadow still cast over the city? Quite literally, there's a big shadow over the city because we mm -hmm. haven't quite dismantled the sun blocking machine. Yeah. We're getting to it, but there's a lot of red tape lot of protecting tape. it. They're, they're trying to claim that it's a, that it's a monument now. And like, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Finally, um, we described for how for an all too brief moment, Pucks gets to rest and celebrate their victory and pay respects to those that helped them succeed and fell along the way. And I think what we see is probably election night, right? Like it's it's Pucks wins the city councilman seat. And the thing that she gets to do is have a celebration party, not at a fancy hotel, not like in any sort of city headquarters. She has it in the like the rooftop garden of her Science City apartment building. And, you know, Chance is there and Roy is there and the computer virus is on a screen smiling. And for a moment, like she just gets to sit back and clink champagne glasses with Uncle Bill and Bill Jr. is there. And like the, everybody is kind of there. And there's just this one moment where she's like, look, I've got a lot of fights ahead of me. But for now, I get to be with my friends and for once i can stop i can stop looking ahead and for once just be in this moment and it's not something that she often gets to do as like we said and so she really gets to enjoy it in that moment yeah and that's and that's game that's game Ooh, that was so much fun that was good that was very very good i'm very I, uh that was uh, that was everything that was perfect that was my jam Jeff, Jeff, thank you so much for for sharing this with me thank you so much for you know really allowing ourselves to fully explore all of our dark proclivities of course all in one place <laughs> of course that's that's what we're here for 
that's that's what role playing is all about in many ways. That's true. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all, James. Jeff, we did a little bit of a, a like a sousson of plugs at the beginning of this episode, but really I, I would I would love now that people have enjoyed this marvelous adventure with you, please tell people where where they can enjoy your good works and where eventually they'll be able to find this game should they want to get it. Absolutely. Um you can find anyone can wear the mask at jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask. You can go to jeffstormer.com to find out all of the stuff that I do, the podcasts I produce, the games I create. Like James said, I am the host of Party of One, which is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. I am also a host of a podcast on the One-Shot Network called All My Fantasy Children, alongside Aaron Catano Saez, who you may know from Skyjack's Courier Call. If you liked this episode, something tells me you're going to enjoy All My Fantasy Children. There's a similar energy. Something about it tells me that you're going to enjoy this. Also, if you enjoy powerful sodas, I think that's the other sort of key <laughs> key anchor of the show. Uh, I, that is a podcast about character creation, world building and storytelling. It is powered by listener prompts. Every week, Aaron and I take a listener submitted prompt and we spin it into an original fantasy character. That, like I said, is on the One Shot Network. You can find that at oneshotpodcast.com. Uh, I also host the world's only podcast about eggnog, which you can find at soundcloud.com slash talkingnog. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Party of One Pod. Excellent. Well, Jeff, again, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Uh, this was an absolute blast. This episode of One Shot uses music from Scott Buckley, provided under a Creative Commons International 4.0 license. The track used is Ashes of a Fallen Year. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with Our Traveling Home, a role-playing game inspired by Howl's Moving Castle. In the meantime, be sure to check out the other great gaming shows here on the One Shot Network. Like Campaign. Campaign is an actual play podcast exploring long-form role-playing. The current campaign, Skyjacks, takes place in an original setting inspired by the music of the Decemberists, folktales, and classic adventure fiction. Join Liz Anderson, John Patrick Cohen, Tyler Davis, Johnny O'Mara, and Game Master James D'Amato as they tell a tale of daring sky pirates. Also, it's basically an elaborate retelling of Weekend at Bernie's. Just search for Campaign or James D'Amato on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, I want to urge everyone to call their representatives and voice their opposition to FOSTA and SESTA. These were laws passed under the false pretenses that they would prevent sex trafficking, but in reality, they make the world a lot more dangerous for sex workers. And they put non-harmful freedom of expression online in a very precarious place, which is dangerous not only for sex workers, but everyone. The reason disastrous laws like this get through is because not enough people are paying attention. That's where you come in. Calling your representatives to voice your opposition to bills like this, let them know that there is public will against these bad laws. And with a new Congress sworn in, it is up to us to bully them into making sure that we undo all the damage that's been done over the last four years. And frankly, there is a good chance that laws like this won't be on their radar.
It's up to you to push it up to the top of their priority list. And a great way of doing that is calling them. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find issue summaries of issues like this one, along with contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone to help you get your message across. Calling is quick and it can make a huge difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at p-a-r-a-c-o-s-m-press.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.